0: An unbelievable Murphy tale. It all begins and ends with a boy. A boy who in his intense furtive desire to believe convinces himself at his older brother's prompting that he had seen Santa's sleigh up in the sky. He never admitted this to anyone, but he often imagined Murphy the horse with his blaze like Rudolph's beacon leading a team through the country skies to help other snowed-in barns like theirs. Although he loves Murphy, he knows full well he can't fly, much less gallop. The old arthritic thing can barely walk most mornings. Nothing about this story is true. It is a tale told by a boy with a still-intact sense of wonder and trust. So begins the story. On the edge of a frozen lake, two brothers, the father Will and the uncle John, are bringing the son, Billy, and daughter Adelaide to safety out of a howling snowstorm of epic blizzard conditions. You can't be serious! I am. We can't move her. How can she have broken her leg? The ice is not that thick here. Just look at it. You can tell. It's broken, and we can't do anything for her out here. From the looks of it, the brig is close by her femoral artery. We can't move her too much, or she may bleed out. Let's get the truck, then. You can't bring a truck back in here. You don't have time to get out and get back. Besides, it'd probably get stuck getting over the ridge in this storm. How the hell do we get her there, then? Neither one of us is strong enough to carry her all the way to the road. You know what we need? A mule. Uh, I'm fresh out of those. Why not wish for reindeer while you're at it? Ha, huh, but you know, a horse could do it. A horse? Yeah, a horse can pick its way forward even if it falls through some of the crust or the creek ice. That's crazy, Will. Besides, where are we going to get a horse out here? They're all staying safe and warm in the barn. All but one... Nah, you're shitting me. There's only one horse stubborn enough to be out in this storm. Murphy! Right, son. Murphy, out to pasture long ago. Isn't the pasture just over that fence? I clean forgot about him. You mean that old man is not in the barn where he should be? Well, that scans, doesn't it? Cantankerous old bastard wouldn't come in, would he? Not even a storm of the century. Somebody go get him. But, will. He's useless, isn't he? Isn't that why you put him out? You know, just let nature take its course? Old codger living the good life. I don't know if he's got this in him. Got what? The horse? Any horse does what you tell it to do, not the other way around. You don't really know Murphy, do you? I know Murphy. I've been taking care of him for years. Then you should know how useless he is and cantankerous. He runs in and out of that stall nonstop. whenever I try to help. I don't care how useless he's become. We need him just to get Addie to the truck. It's not that far. Not as the crow flies, not in a blizzard like this. Go get him anyway. I'll stay with Addie. Can I go with? It might not be safe. Oh, that boy loves the horse. Never left his side when he came down with that colic. He's pretty much the only one of us three who could bring him in out of pasture. Fine, take the boy. I just don't want another one of my children hurt. Before I go, well, just how are we going to carry her and not shift the brake in her leg? I think we have to make a trevoi kind of thing. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's what we have to do to get her to the road. After that, we use the truck to get her to help. I sure hope this works. The last time Sam was shoeing him, you know, he nearly ran me over, spooking over a cat, which he could barely discern out of his one good eye, knocked Sam to the ground, and we both know he's a big man. Then that other time when I went in the paddock to get Addie, he whirled on me like lightning, out of the blue, just because I was taking away his best friend. I still have a small divot in my chest. It's like the crescent part of the shoe, yeah. An unpredictable menace, that one. I know full well. He'd bite me every chance he could, that is, until he lost all of his teeth. Uh, His feet are not in the best condition either. After years of this inactivity, we'll have to see how this stuff works out. The ice and terrain may do a number on him. We don't have an alternative right now. He's just going to have to do. The father brought his coat to cover Addie, and Billy left his sister to follow his Uncle John stepping in his tracks through the rising snow they navigated through a broken fence rail onto a field looked just like an endless undulation of white to the dark vertical shafts of the tree line. however a dark figure loomed breaking the line of the trees there's murph damned horse doesn't know any better than to come in out of the weather (laughs) rain or snow there must be a foot of snow on his back and it's like a over his ears you're exaggerating son but I do reckon he must have been out here for two hours without moving I'm afraid I'd find him out here one day frozen to death impossible Murphy will never die like that he has too much to live for and his coat is so thick it's like a wool blanket as it got closer the figure in the gloom turned its head to them there was a knicker the storm muffled but the boy heard Well, he's alive. (laughs) Yeah, he's more than alive. Yay, Murphy. The old horse was, in fact, covered in snow, his eyelashes wet with flakes. But the accumulation sloughed off when he turned toward them and slowly ambled to the boy's voice. The uncle stepped to the side. I can see why the snow's all over him. He can barely walk and probably hasn't moved since the storm rose. Don't worry, John. He'll work it out. He always does. There's only so many times you can go to the well, in my experience. Do you have a halter for him, son? No. I'm sorry. We didn't have time to get a halter. I got a little rope here. That's not rope, son. That's just twine from the hay. Well, I guess it's going to have to do. Don't worry so much, Uncle. Murphy will follow me anyway, twine or not. I'll put it on, though, because he likes it. It makes him feel useful and important. The horse didn't really need anything except the boy's voice, loving and believing in him. He hopped up as best he could to throw the makeshift halter over the horse's neck. Murphy nickered again. Billy gave him the mint. Come on, you two. We need to get going. Come on, Murph. I know you haven't been busy much, But we really need you now. Adelaide's hurt and you're the only one who can get her back to safety. I know I haven't been out to the field as much as I should have, but I promise I will. I promise to bring you as many apple and peppermints as you can stomach. Peppermints were the horse's absolute favorite. Apples were a close second, carrots a distant third, but not below the horse's consideration. The boy could work wonders with the horse just by crackling the wrapper of a mint. Now the man and the boy led the way with the horse arthritically walking behind in the boy's steps. When they returned to the side of the lake, Will had already woven a crisscross of green branches to carry his daughter. Jesus, Will, that was fast! Eddie told me to make it. Where do these kids learn these things? Little house on the prairie, Uncle John. Of course, of course. Anyway, well, now that we got the horse or this excuse for us, I'm going to find the straightest branches I can for makeshift shafts. Already done. Dad got a couple already. You too. All right now, Billy, hold your horse steady and we'll bring these two rails up. Yes, sir. i it. John and Will take a branch out of the side of Murphy and cross it over his back. Hey, kid, give me more of that twine so I can lash these two rails together. On the other side of the horse, the men tried to lash the branches to a strap over his back like a girth. Murphy accepted the makeshift girth easily enough, but the branches sticking on either side of his flanks did not suit him at all. <laughs> his hide shook like a beaten rug, and he suddenly stepped forward out of the traces and cantered off into the storm. Where in blazes does he think he's going? Doesn't he realize you can't see two feet in a blizzard? Goddamn horse. Get a bucket of sweet feed, Will. Brings him back every time. I don't have a bucket of sweet feed in my pockets. But I have some peppermints. Come with me then, boy, and crinkle them loud as you can. Murphy's deaf as a doorknob, and the storm muzzles everything. He's not deaf, Dad. You just gotta be on his frequency. Right. They followed his footsteps in the snow. But the horse hadn't gone far but instead it inexplicably stopped dead in his tracks. Well, I'll be. He stopped at his own accord and didn't just go running off like the maniac that he usually is. Maybe he does still have some traces of self-preservation after all. Or maybe he just heard the peppermints. Right, that's more likely knowing this horse, but how he heard that through the howling of the wind, I still can't fathom. He, he hears what he wants. Hey Murphy, Peppermints! Murphy turns to face them again. Less snow accumulated on his mane and withers, his blaze warm like a lighthouse beacon. Come on, Murph! You gotta hang in there. Eddie needs you! The horse nickers in understanding. Billy leads Murphy back to the lakeshore, his father shaking his head. Well, we got him back. You got a new branch? Good. Let me twine this again, see if it holds. Ow! I'm sorry, Addie, We're doing the best we can. I, I'm, I'm sorry too, Dad, for being weak. It only hurts when things move. Will gives Addie a glove. Then bite on this because we'll be moving again soon enough. Will and John fasten the new branch to the travois and then start to fix it around the other branch over Murphy's rump. But Murphy shifts again. Damn it to hell, Murphy! Stand. Well, at least he didn't take off again. I'm telling you, Will, this thing's not going to work if the damn horse won't let us put these shafts to his sides. God damn it, Murphy, this is our best chance. I'm, I'm getting desperate. Hey, Billy, can you get your horse to stand still for us? Sure thing. It's simple. He speaks to Addie. Addie, I'll be right back. In the meantime, just keep biting on that glove. I'm biting it. Billy leaves his sister's side and stands smack in front of the horse. Billy, what are you... The horse doesn't flinch, doesn't move an inch, except for his nostrils flaring like a dragon blowing smoke into the boy's face, who takes it all in stride, smiling to himself at some inside joke. Jesus! Well, I never... A boy and a horse. I'd have put that old nag in the ground long ago, but the boy... I tell you, it's uncanny, John. And between you and me, a little unsettling. Well, don't get too unsettled or excited. We're far from done here. We got Adelaide settled on this canoe seat. We still have to get her to the truck. Right, the truck on the other side of the ridge. Tell Addie to bite hard because getting over the hill, that'll be the hardest part. They finally get the makeshift travois into place, and Murphy starts forward. But excruciatingly slowly. Jesus, at this rate we'll never get there. Give him time, Dad. Oh, oh! I'm still applying pressure. Keep on and don't let her legs shift about. I'm trying, Billy. You can't stay with, you can't stay with Adelaide. We need you guiding the horse. No, you don't need me, Dad. He knows the way. You just have to trust him. <sighs> well, I don't. I, I, I'm sorry, son. I don't. I'll be fine. You better go help Dad. He needs more comforting more more comforting than I do right now. I've got enough coverings here. I can barely move. That's good then. Oh, oh Except when Murphy stumbles. Sorry about that, Eddie. I'll go then. You sure? I'm sure. You don't have as much faith in me as you do the horse, do you? Sorry, sis, I'll go. When Billy struggles through the drifts to the bulging rump of Murphy, the horse suddenly stumbles breaks through the ice of a hidden creek, panics, perky-jerky, to right himself. His cannons come up bloody, but he urgently plunges on. When Billy goes forward in Murphy's forelegs, the horse turns his blazed nose to Billy, and, for Billy, it's like a fog light to a sailor in the storm. And he's filled with joy and pride as he sees Murphy giving his all. Under his breath, he says, I love you, Murphy. Adelaide, too. You get a thousand minutes after this. I promise, I'm sorry about the rocks and the ice and your blood. We'll get you cleaned up with warm, dry towels and bandage you up when we get back. And I'll get you all the apples and carrots I can cut up for you. I promise. The horse redoubles its efforts, trying to get purchased on the rocks and ice hiding the rivulets. a boy, Murphy! Murphy finds another gear and strains out of the icy creek and onto land. Eddie fails to stifle a shriek of pain. How? Oh, Eddie? Billy leaves the horse and stumbles back to her through the deep snow. Well, well, she's bleeding hard now. I'm putting on as much pressure as I can, but something must have moved when the horse stumbled. Damn it to hell! Come on, stupid horse! Don't yell at him, Dad! He's not stupid! He knows what to do! Can he do anything for Addie! Sorry, son, under his breath. He just needs to do it faster. After much skidding and repositioning, they reach the top of the ridge where the wind rips unstopped. The horse is looking spent as they rest. As the wind blusters through, now and again there is a dim, distant light, barely perceptible through the tourbillon flakes and pine stands. John, this side is steep on the descent. The horse could manage on his own, but the travoy will hit him on the neck and head as he goes down. Let's undo it for Murphy for this steep section and kind of sled it down ourselves. Then, when it levels, we can reattach it again to the horse. Fine. There. It's untied. Let the horse go, Billy. It's all right, Murph. We want you to go ahead. Hearing Billy's voice, Murphy's ears twitch and line forward, but he still stays put. Murphy! It's all right. I'll stay with Addie. After what seems an eternity, Murphy slowly moves off. Come on, John. It's only a few hundred yards. Alright, I got this side. Ready? The men look almost comical with their legs plunging through the crusty snow, but their arms held above trying to keep the stretcher as level as possible. Well, are we going in the right direction? Dad, Eddie's passed out. Jesus! She's still breathing? Yeah, but it's light, kind, kind of ragged. Are you sure we're going the right way? Don't worry, Johnny. I can see Murphy up ahead. Just follow his track. Murphy's leading the way! I, I'm not sure how I Well, I can hold out Well, I can't feel my toes anymore me neither John, but it can't be far Didn't you see that light too? Gotta be the barn gotta be I guess unless we're all lost No, we're not lost at all. Can't you see Murphy up ahead? Sorry son half-blind already Can't see anything in this snow. I can he's that dark outline through the trees Well, I gotta put it down Just for a bit. No, John, we we can't stop. Addie's in shock. Where's that damn horse when we need him? Out of the dark outline ahead shines the marble blaze of Murphy's nose. Murphy's back! He knew! I told you! All right then, John, just just get out of the way while I strap this on again. I'm sorry, Will. I just need a rest. All right, I know, I know. Rest, rest then. This is level enough. The horse will take her in the rest of the way. Dad, I can see lights. Oh to have a child's sight. My lashes are frozen over I'm too tired to look up. Tell us what you see, boy. Well, through the horse's ears I can see a dim orange light ahead. It has that halo thing like the sun has sometimes. Don't stop talking, boy. You just keep me you'll keep me from sleeping, and that's a good thing. Well, I can see Murphy's ears pricking forward. I think he smells the barn. Where well, there's the barn, there's the truck, John. Oh no, the light's gone from view again. Must be the trees getting thicker. Thicker. Then that's the stand of birch by the stone wall. Then we are getting closer. There it is again—the orangish glow. Addie wakes and starts with a shriek of pain. Huh. <laughs> Come on, Eddie, hang in there. Oh, Eddie, that was my fault, I'm sorry. I keep letting the shaft fall. It's not Murphy's fault, neither. We're almost there, John. I'm trying. I'm trying. I think I heard a door slam. Maybe someone heard us, too. Yup. I think I heard an engine turning over. At least that's what it is, or at least I think that's what it is, or maybe a snowdrift sliding off a roof. Murphy stumbles and falls on one knee, trying to pick his way around a fallen tree stump. Goddamn horse. uh. Come on, Murphy. Just a little bit more, buddy. Hit up, Murphy. Get. Murphy writes himself, but totters with the effort. Good boy. Well... Let the horse take it in, I've got to sit down, i got to rest. John, John, we're almost there, don't let go of your side now. But John drops the makeshift shaft and lies down in the deep snow. John, we're a hundred yards out, come on. I'll do it, Dad. Billy, no, stay with Eddie. We're almost there, Dad. She's sleeping anyway. To himself. But will she wake up after this? With great flakes already obscuring John, Billy runs up and holds the shaft next to Murphy's heaving flank. With great flakes already obscuring John, Billy runs up and holds the shaft next to Murphy's heaving flank. The steam rising here and there off his winter coat. Murphy does indeed smell the barn and begins to walk a little faster, but steady now, as the path clears and the familiar outline stands out against the swirling flakes. There is, in fact, an old battered pickup idling by the barn. (laughs) You got us here, Murph! You're the best! We're not done yet. Now, Billy, listen carefully. I'm going to carry Adelaide right to the truck and Aunt Clara will drive us to the hospital. You must do three things. First, before anything else, you have to go back and find John and bring him back. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if the fool fights you the whole way. Don't listen to anything he says. Get him back. He may be delirious, too. Just get him back in the barn where it's warm. Can I take Murphy? <laughs> you can take Murphy, but I don't know how he can help. You won't be able to lift Big John onto his back. Murphy will help. Murphy will help John somehow. I know it. Okay, okay. Second thing, after John, is to get yourself in the barn and warm up as quickly as possible so you don't get frostbite anywhere. You can't help anybody else if you're incapacitated. Yes, sir. The third thing is to cover up old Murphy. Give the old coot as much hay and water as he wants. He's earned it tonight. That's right, Dad. He has. I'll give him all he wants, including peppermints and apples. But I'll give it to him slowly so he doesn't call it. I'm still going to heed your advice, much as I want to give him everything right now. I don't think you could spoil that horse too much tonight, not after everything he's done. Dad, is Annie going to be all right? Uh, I think so, but she's lost a lot of blood. Now, son, that was a good thing, bringing Murphy out of the field. In fact, we got lucky and I feel a little blessed. Me too, Dad. I think we're all a lot blessed. As long as Addie's okay, she'll pull through just like Murphy pulled her through. Never knew he had it in him. He's been so cranky of late, not to pass her for so long. I never doubted him. No, you never did, son. You never did. As Billy puts Murphy into a stall, Will and John sit down on water buckets and rest. Never knew week-old donuts and cold coffee could taste so good. What, didn't have time to put it on the hot plate? I never liked crawlers much, but I feel like a new man with this little sucker in my gut. I'm just glad you're eating, John. I thought you'd be gone down for a very long nap. Yeah, I almost did. I'm glad you sent the boy after me. I have to say, he's a tough little bugger because I smacked him around a bit, but he wouldn't let me sleep. He didn't stop like a herd, Collie. Just at me constantly. Wake up, John! Wake up! No, you can't shift him when he's determined. (laughs) You call that determined? I call that bullheaded. All that matters is that you're back with us now. (laughs) All that matters is that you got Addie to the hospital in time. It's a miracle you got back in that piece of junk. I had to come back, truck or not. Clara will stay with Addie overnight. The bleeding stopped and They've got her on infusions, rehydrating her, and all that. But I had to come back to check on the three of you. Three? Three? Me, Billy, and... Murphy, of course. (laughs) Murphy? Well, that old boy has come up quite a bit in your estimation, hasn't he? I guess saving your daughter's life will do that. You reckon, old man? They hear a horse in a disinstalled barn repeatedly kicking boards and stamping hooves. What the? They get up as quickly as they can and try to run on bum feet. When they turn the corner, they find busted planks and splinters in the aisle, and Billy leading Murphy away to the main sliding door to the outside. What in blazes, Billy? Son, where are you going with old Murph? Out. I know it looks bad, Dad, but. I'm taking him back out. I know it's warm and safe in here, but Murphy does not want to stay in a stall for the life of him. I slide the bolt and he mule kicks for all he's worth. Damn nuisance. What I mean, Dad, is he'll stay. Yeah, he might stay, but he'd destroy the stall or himself or his neighbors. we got to get him back out. Outside. He's not happy to stay in here. You know, well, I'm inclined to agree with the boy, crazy as it sounds. Most likely, these stalls seem strange to him, and Most likely, he feels safest outside, even if it's in a a once-in-a-decade storm. Well, I don't want anyone getting hurt with an unpredictable old, kicking horse. Hmm, so I, I guess I'll have to agree with the two of you. I hate to do it, though, with his legs all bloated and bloodied and raw. So, so... Dad, you're going to let him go out, right? Yes, son. Despite everything I know, it's probably best he stays where he's most comfortable. Out in the storm. Oh, uh, he won't be alone. I'm going with him. (laughs) Oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. I'll make sure he doesn't go too far out in the fields. And if I go with him, he won't. He won't leave me. So he won't go far. Besides... We'll hunker down and keep each other warm. Or maybe you'll both freeze to that sun or get lost. Crazy, the two of you. Billy, I don't have time for this. Your sister's in the hospital herself. I can't risk losing both of you. No, you stay here. I'm sorry, Dad. I've got to stay by Murphy. Eddie's getting cared for. Somebody's got to care for Murphy. The boy has a point, Will. Murphy's legs and chest got pretty beat up. The boy won't be able to do anything for him, especially out in the storm. But he can always come back for help, should Murphy take a turn for the worse. I'll... I'll... I'll bundle up as... I'll bundle up as much as you want me to, Dad. I already got two heavy blankets for him. Dad, remember cheese Your... your old horse? Didn't you do the same for him when you were a kid? Well... Yes, but that was different then. I should never have told you that story. John, our aunt will kill me if she finds out I let him go back out. Well, she's too busy clucking over Eddie. She has enough to worry about right now. We all have enough to worry about. I'm going to turn gray overnight worrying about my two kids in this unbelievable storm. Uh... Uh, Well, got news for you, you know, about the gray. It's a figure of speech, John. I'd be worried too, but I do think the horse and the boy will look after each other. So far, they've been good. So far, they've been a good team. All right, the two of you have worn me down. Take care of the horse, and he damn well better take care of you. You hear me, Murph? Murphy rotates his ears like a periscope, but walks on. "'I'd swear that horse understood you.' "'Yeah, he understands me, but then he chooses what he wants to do, doesn't he?' The brothers watch Billy leading the horse suddenly disappear into the wormhole of the snowstorm, not fifty feet away from where they stood, under the orange light by the sliding doors of the barn. "'You know, John, I trust Billy more than Murphy.' Murphy's been impossible these last years. He was always impossible, running in and out of his stall for no reason, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, you could never relax with him. I remember walking on the path I shoveled out to the trough, and he thought it would be fun to run by and send me flying to the drifts, but I had nowhere to go. A veritable equine pain in the ass. And not tonight. No, but it doesn't make up for everything else. Just drink his slimy coffee and shut up for a while. Hey, John, there's an old bagel in here, too. I'll take it. This old styrofoam has some cold milky coffee in it, too. You want that? John downs it and wolfs the bagel. You know, John, I'm still in shock the old equine pain in the ass gave us all tonight. So many times, him not even acknowledging my presence and turning his big horse ass towards me. <laughs> You know, well, Murphy, for all his meanness, wasn't dumb. He could find a care on you no matter how you hit it. And he taught every other horse he knew all the bad habits in his repertoire. You know, like cribbing, that running by game, chewing on hats, urinating, shitting on food he didn't like. Not to mention spitting out every pill I tried to administer. So there there you see, that's how smart he was. Not intelligent, really, but cagey. You know, they say, wow, the horses are smart in that cagey way. With Murphy, if ever I came to the gate with something for him, he'd only come halfway if you didn't perceive a compelling reason to make the whole trip. You know, compelling reason like a carrot or an apple. Cagey, maybe, but not that smart. Standing out in the snow and rain, even with a running shed. Playing bite face with fedora The Appaloosa, for days on end, or kicking and rearing, even if it meant being lame all the next day. Humans do that, too. I should know. Yeah, but not sober. Uh Uh-huh. He had a particular side to him, too, Murphy. Crossing his legs like a gentleman out in the field, begging us to clean his hooves of snowballs or mud. Lipping the water as you put in the trough because... That water, before it hit the trough, was somehow better. And if he liked you, he'd gum your hair after all his teeth were gone. Yeah, when he was older, it was funny and sad at the same time, the way he would obsess over new hay. Like a besotted new lover, never letting it be, and standing for hours waiting for it. Yeah, I know, pathetic in one way, but he was always still dangerous as hell with his bulk of sudden movements. He'd panic from a shadow or a tiny rabbit or cat, That somehow it was out of place. They're all nuts, horses, so why do we take care of them so? It's a sort of collective psychosis, and we're stuck in the epicenter. Ha! John throws the remaining bagel into the trash. My gut is already regretting that. Yep, that was desperation, brother. Desperate times. Like that nasty ball of stuck peppermints Billy shoved up Murphy's nose? I haven't seen his nostrils flare so wide in a long, long time. Well, we had to get him up the ridge. He, well, I suppose he was laboring hard, but the old horse, after them mints, he looked possessed, too. Kind of like you after a few cups of grog. <laughs> Me? Uh-huh. Talk on, old man. Talk on. Me? Uh-huh. Yeah, you. Dad. Dad. Well, we've flapped our gums long enough, I think. I feel like I've given Billy and Murphy enough time to settle in for the night. The snow hasn't covered their tracks yet, so I'm going to go get the boy. Right, he should be asleep by now. Guaranteed. But I can't let him sleep the night out there. He can still freeze to death. Yeah, go get him. Then you'll only have one child to worry about. Exactly. Will slides open the door, and the storm slams him in the face, and he stumbles out. Later, as his father approached the boy, sound asleep in the lee of the curled horse. Murphy's ears cocked, but the rest of them did not move. The horse was awake, the boy not. They were in a little depression in the land, which protected them from the wind. Without a storm, they were about three minutes away. It took Will fifteen tonight. The father picked up the son wholesale like a duffel bag, not moving the blankets and just slung him over his shoulder. Murphy's Blaze rose and swiveled to watch them go and put his head down in the crook of his neck to sleep for good. It all ends with a dream. Where Billy was exactly he couldn't tell but the dream started with warm yellow light in the cold barn on a stormy night. And at first it seemed no one was around, it was so quiet under the heavy snow, except for the chomping on sweet feed, the creak of dry boards, the stamping of cold hooves. The only other sign of life, the steam rising from the stalls, from warm warm horses or warming manure, all muffled by the foggy snow. Then. Just as suddenly, he was deeper in the barn. It was summer, and through planks and a hayloft, he saw Addie brushing out a horse, a big bay flinching with pleasure at the methodical rhythmic strokes, and there was steam rising from various spots in the barn, like distant geysers, mostly from the horses, but also from the manure stacks and the stalls and in the barrows. Then he hears a clip-clop a long ways off, and he sees the old sleigh, dilapidated with brown surfacing through the old red paint and a strange man wears a top hat which the boy had never seen before but the boy can smell the brandy or whiskey on his breath thinking it part of the tradition suddenly then a great door slams and hay chaff and shaved hooves and flattened discs of manure fly about like a tornado more sliding doors screech on their hinges mice skitter above as cats pounce horses whinny in terror Corrugated tin rattles as great snow drifts push through the doors and slats of the stall and he's suddenly freezing cold, frozen hands fumbling for a carrot to give to a faceless horse whose hot breath fails to melt the snow rushing in like a great tidal wave. At first light the next day, Billy wakes with a start and a great dread pressing on his chest as he gets up. He runs in his pajamas still out in the dawn, where the sky is cleared and all the snow that's going to fall has fallen, and he runs past the barn harder now, digging in the drifts toward the lee of the ridge where they had lain together, and he's already screaming at his dad, at the top of his lungs. It ends too with the boy, heartbroken, when he sees Mr. M's body still, his bulk stark in the gloam, and this time the good old horse was not standing. Nor did he turn his blaze at Billy's approach, does not nicker in recognition, just lies still as the flakes swirl, covered again with snow and branch ends and pine needles, lying in the same hollow where they had slept the night before. An empty depression where Billy had curled for warmth, the horses flared nostrils, emitting no breath now, the belly bulk distended, not rising or falling. Billy doesn't even go to him any further, because he knows. In silent tears, he begins a long, barefoot walk home. Epilogue It ends with Billy making a little shrine to his beloved Murphy of peppermints and apples and hay. The boy remembers his first encounter with Murphy. He ran right up to him because he was enamored of the asymmetrical blaze on his nose running down to his lip, the boy whispering to him, What is this nose, Murphy? What is this nose? How did you ever get such a ridiculous nose? How towering a beast he was to Billy then. Not friendly, but standoffish and scarily snorting and shaking his mane. Billy sees him now, though, old, toothless, still in his field staring at something in the woods as the boy approaches. And then he pictures that once scary horse plunging in and rising up out of the hidden streams, driving with all his heart, and the boy cries again and again, wondering how he can endure this breaking of his heart. It has begun, yes, the break, but when will it end?